You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Business Women Australia podcast. The podcast for ambitious women who are serious about business success and leadership development, keen to increase their knowledge and skills. And welcome to another episode of Business in Australia podcast. This is episode 25 and I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, joining me on today's show is Natasha Lee. Natasha, she is one of two directors at LG Accounting Solutions, an accounting firm that specialises in working with small and medium businesses with systems and their cash flow. Now, before she was running an accounting business, she was a farmer's daughter and she grew up in New Norsha. Now, growing up as a farmer's daughter, you'd think that she would have two options in life. That's what she thought, be a housewife or become a farmer. And when she moved to boarding school, she soon learned there were much more options in life and she became an accountant. She realised that she had a passion for supporting business owners, inspiring their success, which of course is what she does every single day with her clients now at LGAS. Now on today's show, Natasha is going to share no matter how limited we perceive our options to be, particularly early in life, there are more options for what to do in life out there than we are imagining. She's going to talk about that no matter your industry, no matter the problem that you're trying to solve with someone, you must be a great listener, as well as business owners are often stressed, particularly in the current economy. And she's guided some through some really highly pressured situations. And she's going to share some of those insights with us today. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Very happy to be here. I love the story that you've shared and we've introduced in, in your introduction where you grew up on a farm. Where is New Norsha, by the way? Uh, so New Norsha is about 150 k's north. So if you head up the Great Northern Highway for about 150 odd k's, you will get to my parents' uh, house and that's where they still are today. Wow. Wow. And of course, that's WA in Western yes, Australia. Yes, in Perth, yeah, in Western Australia. Yeah, fantastic. And as we've said, you know, you grew up assuming, well, I'm either going to follow in the footsteps of uh, my family or I'm going to get married and become a housewife, which is fabulous. You went to boarding school and uh, then became an accountant. So take us back to that journey because I'm sure there's so many insights that you can mm -hmm. share through that that perhaps will inspire someone listening or watching today. Yes, so I grew up uh, on a farm, so I'm a farmer's daughter, and my brother has followed in my family footsteps and become a farmer. Uh, but I always knew that that probably wasn't something that I really wanted to do. And not that there's anything wrong with being a housewife on a farm. That's what a lot of people um, people do. And But I realised that once I went to moved to Perth that there was a lot of other options. And with a bit of hard work, there was many um, many. Um, opportunities that arose. So basically, I took upon myself to create opportunities and um, yeah, really broaden my horizons because there's not many women from the country who go up to become directors of successful accounting firms in the city. I haven't really met many of them as we go along. Um, and what I learned along the way is that if you are listening, are listening and really just keeping your eyes open for opportunities, they do come, come, come along come along really um, and with a lot of hard work you can really get there. 
Yes, yes. It's interesting that you should say that because how often when we're speaking to young, you know, young teenagers, we ask the question, so what do you want to be out of life? Yes. And it puts a lot of pressure on because, you know, there are certain conversations or something that you see, observe that all of a sudden plants a seed that you had never even thought of before. So was it a conversation that you heard when you were at boarding school? Was it some discussions that perhaps teachers had that planted the seed in you that said, well, maybe there is something else that I can consider doing. What what was it so, for you? So really, uh, really, I loved maths as a um, as a kid, which is yeah something really odd. My my mum used to buy me old maths books as part of uh, my Christmas presents because I just loved doing maths and maths puzzles. So when I went to when I went to boarding school, there was a lot more subjects available um, to study, and I discovered accounting in year ten, and I went. I love this. Debits, credits, everything matches up. I love it. So yeah. from there, I really, um, really then went, okay, accounting's where I want to go and eventually picked all my school subjects in relation to accounting and getting down that track. And then when I went to uni, I really realised that you could do a lot of things with an accounting degree. You don't just have to be an accountant. You can, you can do a whole range of things. And that's when I really discovered that you can actually use accounting and help business owners really grow and improve um, their businesses. And that was really exciting. Yeah. I can just imagine the dinner table conversation. What would you like for Christmas, Natasha? Maths book. Please give me some maths book. Yeah, it was a bit weird, but I, I, um, yeah, I love we, that. We, it yeah. was um, just mum just went, yeah, no worries. That's, you want maths books? That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, it, she nurtured in you something that you really enjoyed and then all of a sudden an opportunity, a world of opportunity presented mm. itself because here was something you loved doing and I'm sure you were naturally good at it. That's why you continue to be quite passionate about it. Um, here was an opportunity that suddenly you could use these skills. A great lesson for us, you know, as as that do have grandchildren or, or young children, mm. nurture what comes naturally That's to you. Really because maybe, just maybe, even now, change is so important. Um, so, well, it's important to be able to embrace change. And you're going to talk about that, that no matter what industry you're in, no matter what problem you're trying to mm -hmm. solve, there is always, um, you know, a solution, be a great listener. But the, the solution or where you can ad adapt those skills and use them may not even have been developed yet. So I love exactly. that story. Let's talk about uh, then one of the things that you say, no matter your industry, no matter your problem that you're trying to solve for someone, be a great listener. What do you yes. mean by that? Yes, so we come across it quite often uh, with regards to our clients and with regards to um, just working within our team is that people are generally really good at solving problems. But quite often they jump right into the solving without actually listening to what the client's actual problem is and what they actually need. And what we encourage our, our staff and our clients to do is actually to listen. And when you actively listen to a client or to a staff member or to friends and family, you you learn a lot more and you actually are able to help solve their problem a lot easier and sometimes even more quickly because you've actually listened to the whole story before you actually just jump in and solve the problem. Yeah, yeah. And with accountants, it's a very natural instinct to just jump in and solve a problem because that's what we love to do. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, as you're sharing that, I think we can use that in any and all aspects of our life. One of the things that you just mentioned is so true. When someone is sharing an issue with us, we automatically try and go into problem solving mode, don't we? Because we assume that they want an answer from us. But sometimes talking it out as you are talking it out opportunities have suddenly come to you because of the fact that you're you know you're stepping through that and as you said when you listen to a whole story around that there may be certain parameters that you now know because you've listened to the full story that you're now now able to present can you think of I know I'm putting you on the spot here but I think examples and stories are one of the best yeah, so, so we, we actually um I come across this probably very regularly with our clients. So I do a lot of management meetings and a lot of coaching meetings with clients where we're talking them through their numbers and talking them about current issues in their business. And we quite often hear quite regularly, oh, I'm having having this issue. And as you're starting to hear their story about it, what the client identified as their issue is not actually the root of the problem and not actually the issue at all. And just by talking it through and listening and and hearing what's going on, we're able to go, oh, this is actually probably not quite where you think it is. And we're able to sort of guide them down the track of, well, actually your issue, which you thought was X is actually Y and and lead them down the path of actually solving the, the actual problem rather than what they thought was the problem. Yeah. And and that's a, that's a really, um, it's a really skill that I've had to hone in on over time. It wasn't something that came naturally. I love talking to people and my natural instinct is to talk over the top of people and I really had to rein in, no, you need to just stop, breathe, listen yeah, yeah. <laughs> and That's take so the time to answer the questions. Yeah. Do you find that as business owners that come to you with, with various challenges, particularly now when we're looking at the economy and, you know, globally people's have had to completely reshape their thinking around because of what's happening with the coronavirus and, and other mm. things happen, yeah. of course, too. Do you often find that business owners were quite, you know, when I say narrow focus, I don't mean that as a, you know, offensive. To, no, no, they can see what we they can have see. Their, they have their blinkers and tunnel vision on. And yeah. sometimes we can just by having a very simple conversation can just think of something just a little bit outside of their box and it might not necessarily be anything very complicated or very sophisticated, but it's something they haven't thought of because they're just looking down their tunnel. This is my problem. I've got a problem with um, with Joe. He's he's not working working properly, and it's like, well, why isn't he working properly? What is he What is he doing that is um, you're not liking? And how have you worked through? Uh, what have you done so far to get the get the results you've got? And it's sort of just like going, well, what about if we just look hone in on the problem? And yeah, it's um. It's an interesting process just by listening to the client and listening to their stories and then just suggesting things just a little bit outside of where they're currently looking. Yeah, I love that. One of the things that I've often heard, and I'd love your feedback on this too, is that sometimes it's the challenges that we do take the time to overcome and we mm -hmm. brainstorm, uh, you know, is there a way around, under, through, over the top of this issue, that that particular solution that we find could be a completely new pivot in our business that takes our business on a whole other direction. And if it hadn't have been for that challenge, we would never have determined it because we would have just kept in, in the flow. Um, what do you say about that? Because I'm sure that as an accountant who sees a lot of businesses and a lot of different business challenges, you've probably got lots of different ideas that you see that we're not really seeing in our business. How, how have you helped others overcome kind of some of those challenges? You've got some yes. examples. So we uh, do a bit of facilitation with our clients on workshops. So if they've got a particular problem or 
uh, an issue in their business, we quite often facilitate workshops within a business where they can uh, have like a half day, whole day session with the team depending on their uh, the issue and we brainstorm ideas of how to fix it. And then from that, listening to everyone's opinion because sometimes those really far out ideas actually have some weight and you can work with them to break them in a little bit, but work with them to actually solve the problem. And that's really exciting when you're getting input from the whole team because you get the whole team buying into solving the problem of the business and what the business owners are feeling. And it means that, especially if you're a, a sole director or a, a sole manager, it's nice to get that team input because you you don't necessarily get that on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. You know, one of the greatest lessons that I've learned uh, and even experienced myself, if I think back to some of the leaders, the great leaders that I worked with and for um, was, and, and from the podcast that I've had, is that as leaders, we don't always have to have all the right answers. In Correct. fact, we yeah. often can leverage the knowledge and experience and just, you know, the insights that our team mm -hmm. is gathering through their, you know, interactions and, and things like that. Sometimes as leaders, we can often, and sometimes we do this unconsciously, cut off our team from delivering yeah. ideas, even if they are silly, through how we respond. You know, oh, that's silly. Mm -hmm. Or even just the roll of our eyes. Sometimes we don't even yeah. need to. The subtle body languages. Um, yeah. So how do you go about encouraging, say, a leader of a business other than grabbing their mouth and kind of going like that? <laughs> um, not really good. Don't do that to your team. But what are some suggestions, particularly if, you, if, if people do recognise, yeah, I'm a little bit like that, Natasha. I can jump in and, and cut off my team. What are some things that you've done maybe or shared for your clients to yes. allow an environment of collaboration? Yeah, so one of the things, if the if the business owner is really, uh, I'm going to say control freak, but really likes to control and dictate the conversation, sometimes it's beneficial to run a workshop or facilitate a session where the owner's not actually in the room. So you have you remove the owner from um, from that conversation, and you just get the team used to flowing their ideas through and and having a discussion, and then. Once you've had that discussion, bring the bring the owner back in and just get them to listen to the ideas and hear the um, ideas and the, the suggestions of the team. And that can be build a really big, vibrant energy within the team because it's giving them confidence. They've had the confidence to not have their ideas shot down. And then if the owner is willing to have that, that facilitation and that workshop, it means that they're then willing to listen to the feedback and the ideas of the team. Mm -hmm. And that, that has worked really well for a number of our clients is having yeah. that facilitation where they're not in the first part, but then they're brought in and had this big group discussion where their sole purpose is just to listen and not to shoot down ideas as they're in their infancy. Yeah. And one of the, the you know, the things that will often happen in that situation if the team is is kind of experiencing that there's just no way they're going to no. share ideas and, and future meetings <laughs> because of fear of, you know, are, are people going to roll their, their eyes at me? And you just don't know. One idea may not be one that, that, that is implemented or right at that right particular time, but that idea might, might spark someone else's, you know, mm -hmm. thinking around that table. And then from there, everyone can really work together and come up with an incredible solution that may not have been possible were it not for the exchange uh, of yeah. ideas. I love removing the the owner of the business. And it reminds me how so often you see their shows, and this might seem totally irrelevant, but there is a point, you know, where you, you have these behavioralists that go and work with animals, particularly dogs. My mm -hmm. dog got so well, you know, not behaved, 
And it's often the owner that the, the behavioralist works yes. with yes. first. And it's the same often as a team. You know, as business owners, we can often be a bottleneck, which we don't really want to hear. But if we're open to, to being, um, yeah, open to being coached through that, we can create, create a, a great environment that's innovative and is really able to pivot in, in times of uh, challenges and situations. And, of course, that segues beautifully into the next point that you want to talk about is around stress. I think yes. stress is one of the most, um, you know, it, it's difficult, isn't it? A business can be difficult in, the, in, in, in normal times, but then in, in changing economies, things that happen which really we can't control, it can throw out a, a lot of other things in the business too. What are some things that you've done to guide businesses through stressful economic uh, struggles and, and situations? Yep. Yes. So uh, the first point which we've already briefly discussed is actually just listening to the client and hearing their problems. And that's really so they can talk about their issues and feel like they're not alone in the, the wide business world where they're really um, at the top at the top of their business and don't necessarily have people they can talk to. So just first of all, listening to the client um, about what their what the problems are, what's causing them their stress. And then secondly is um, making a list and getting an action plan in place to start alleviating some of those stress points. And that's the biggest thing that we see in clients is they don't um, make a list and don't start prioritising getting rid of their stress points over a period of time and really working, utilising the resources they have available as well and making sure they have the right team members on the bus and, and making their life easier. So if they have a good team around them, they're able to elevate their, their business and themselves up because they're able to get achieve more because they're all working together to that common goal. Mm. Let's talk about some of the resources that you share because, you know, things that may seem very, um, you know, relevant or just in your, you know, so clear to you may not necessarily be clear to a business owner because they're in it, they're living it. So yeah. what are some of the resources that you see being able to be leveraged that perhaps may not, never have been even considered because we're just not seeing it? Are some, some things come to mind? Yeah, some things come to mind. So depending on the industry and what the business uh, business they're in, is maybe the first thing that comes to mind is utilising technology um, and making sure they've got the right systems and procedures and the right technology in place. There's so many apps and little things out there that can just make your life so much easier for not a lot of money. And that is something that we've been encouraging our clients to do is to have a look in the, to technology to see how they can make their life easier. It's also making sure that your team, if you've got team members, they're doing the right roles and utilising what resort, like the, the team members you actually have and making sure that you're running your business as efficiently as possible. So taking a look around and seeing if there's any waste, if there's anything you can do more um, efficiently and really streamlining processes and systems and procedures. Yeah, even the smallest change and being an accountant and really geeking out on numbers as you, you've shared um, earlier, there can be so much of an impact that you can have on someone's bottom line, their net profit, by yep. looking at some of where's expenditure going, where's waste, where can you automate, all of those things that you've mentioned, and even focusing, because this is one of the things that I'm sure you've seen in some businesses, when we look at the, the type of clients or the industries that we're tapping into, we can see that we're spending way more time trying to nurture a particular industry, whereas another industry where we're not really focusing on is far more profitable as far as time is put in, mm -hmm. in you know, into that. Yep. So what are, let's talk about that a little bit, because one of the things that I notice um, as women, and I don't 
want to generalize, but this is a you're not you're you. Well, let's say you're not normal, but but normally women in business tend to go. You know what? I don't do the figures. Don't do the figures. <laughs> There's so much incredible knowledge and ability to make significant change when you do get to understand your figures. Talk a little bit about that, if you would. Yes, so we always say knowledge is power. So one of the things we're really big on here at LG Accounting Solutions is educating our clients and making sure they really understand their numbers because when they understand their numbers, it's it's powerful. They can then see that oh, my 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 budget, I blow on my budget, I I haven't been able to hit my sales target and that that affects this and what effect that's going to have on their business because if they haven't hit their sales target but have kept their costs the same, we know they're going to have a decrease in profit, which is then going to have an effect on the cash flow and serviceability of their debts. So educating the clients, our clients on making sure they understand the numbers and understand the impact they're going to have on their business or looking at the flip side, if they increase their gross profit percentage, what impact is that going to have to their their sales figure and their and then how are they going to be able to flow that through to the bottom line? So education is a really big piece of our um, our work here that we do with our clients because we really want to be able to educate our clients so we can have more meaningful conversations about things and and also it gives them power and knowledge that when they're talking with their friends and with other business owners that they know what they're talking about. So yeah. it's a really exciting exciting thing to be able to see clients grow from not being able to interpret their numbers to knowing exactly what they mean and, and how to impact them. It's a really yeah. powerful thing that we do with our clients. It is. And I'm sure when you work through your clients with that and give them a plan, they know, great, well, I know that if I'm having five conversations, and I'm just really mapping this out so easily, five conversations with the potential clients over this amount of time, this amount of clients will normally enroll in our programs or say mm -hmm. yes to working with us. Well, if I know that that's correct, then I just need to have 10 conversations if I want to double the outcome. Yep. And so yep. when we start looking at it at that way, we go, oh, okay, that was that's not that difficult. It's just that's being it. able to get the support and looking at where do we need to focus on in our business. Because I think as business owners, and, and um, she, she, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, it's because we're trying to be focused on so many different aspects and we're focusing on the wrong things. There's far more yep. important things to focus on. Would you say the that that's The priorities of business owners can get a little bit skewed because they don't have anyone to really hold them accountable, which is a big part of also what we do is holding our clients accountable for what they said they're going to do. So we generally meet with them monthly um, or bi-monthly and we come up with an action plan of their top priorities they need to work on for the next month that are going to have the biggest impact on their business. Mm -hmm. And it's really exciting when you see them starting to kick off some of those um, those items and making a real big difference to their business and their, their lives in general because they've got more money, their business is more profitable, and they're able to go on and enjoy the, the good things in life that they've been wanting to do. And yes. sometimes they're able to get other resources into their business, which means they're able to take even a step back and still maintain a good profit margin within their business. And it's really exciting when you can see that happening. Yeah, there's a real, um, there's a there's a real, I was going to say scary time, but that's not probably the right word. But when you are starting to grow, you mentioned about getting other resources, other team. As mm -hmm. a business owner who may be expanding the business and doing a lot of the work, it's scary, isn't it, to say, okay, mm -hmm. team, to, because you've kind of then got to increase the income to be able to support the team member. Sure, yeah. and a little bit of a stage there. But would you say it's fair to say when you get the systems in place and you know that it works, so there's repeatable results so that you know mm -hmm. that what you're doing is 
is going to support you. It's then yes. just doubling down on what you know works. Yes? Yes. Yes, that is that is really, really a good point is that you get your right systems and procedures in place and have them documented so that you can have someone come in and do what you've done. It is, it's a scary time when you're bringing in new resources because how are they going to work? How are they going to fit with the other team members if they're there? It's a really scary time, but it's also really exciting and it's a big opportunity for the business to grow and expand because bringing in an outsider into your business, they've got a different skill set. They've got different things they're good at and and able to then bring that into your business and um, help it grow and improve. So it's yeah. a really exciting time when you've got new people coming into your business, new blood, we call it, into the business because uh, there's so much opportunity and, and yeah, time. Time, time is a really good thing that it can take. Yeah, absolutely. And then if you're freeing up your time, you're able then to work on activities that perhaps you and only you can do. Uh, and let's talk into this. We've got we've got a few more minutes left, and I think this yep. is going to be valuable for people because, A, it's going to, to really tap into what we're talking about in this area about being stressed. Maybe you're stressed because you're stretching yourself too thin mm -hmm. and you have to remove yourself from some tasks and get others in to be able to support you so that you can grow the business, which means going out and having conversations with clients, projects, proposals, that kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, often then around what are some of the places and areas to focus on in the business that you found are important if a business is at a stage of, okay, I need to take a step back, I need to get resources, maybe one team member first, where is a good place to start? Because it's, it's sometimes difficult in that too. Where do we It's really difficult to start. And we um, always say the best place to start is to start making a list, just jotting down ideas, have a brainstorm of what, what your ideal person would be. And if that ideal person is another one of you, Write down the key things that you want that what what you to what the new you to be able to do, and really it's having getting that job description correct of or not even correct to get that job description written down so that you can then start identifying candidates that are suitable for your role. But if you don't know what what you actually need within your business, you need to sort of brainstorm that and have an idea of the type or the the things you need that person to be able to do. And so get get the list, get a job description nutted out and then go down the track of actually recruiting that person. And don't be afraid to take your time to recruit the right person because it's it's a better, more beneficial to get the right person than to get the wrong person. Yes. So it's best to wait until you find that right person that really fits with you and you and the culture of your business. Yeah, I heard a saying once and I can't remember who said this, so I'm sorry I can't give credit, uh, hire slow fire yep. fast yes fire that, is something, fire that is definitely fire. one of our mottos too because if you if the person is uh, wrong for your business and detrimental they can do a lot of damage in a very short period of time so yes. if they're the wrong person definitely hire slow fire fast yeah and something else that you said in this and um then we'll allow you to to share with how people can get in contact with you you've shared so many um fantastic insights very important for all businesses um particularly because when when you implement what you've spoken about you can then kind of ride some of those challenging situations mm -hmm. and you're poised to be able to shift and pivot when that needs. But talking about getting someone to support you and having the job description and the systems in place, that's probably a key area too, isn't it, where you do onboard someone, but because you don't have the system, like 
telling them what they need to do, how they need to do training. It's kind of like, here's a new person. All right, what do I do? Mind reading is not something, unless you've got someone that you can mind read. Share a little bit about that because that's often a core component that is missing, which is why team members who are new can't really get up to speed because there's no documentation. Yeah, so just 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 briefly before we get on to actually the person turning up on their first day, making sure you've got the legal contracts in place to employ someone is vital um, in any business because if you don't have those documentation and everything goes pear-shaped, it, it can become a nightmare. So just make sure before you employ someone that you get all the legal side, their employment contracts, their work statements, all, those, all that paperwork sorted out before you start. But when you bring someone on board, it's making sure that you have clearly outline your expectations for that person. So having a a written job description is ideal. If you've had time, written manuals of what they're actually going to be doing. We know in the real world that written manuals don't always happen. So it's making sure that you've got the time to onboard them properly and train them. So it may take, depending on your industry, a week, two weeks, a month to get that person up to speed and be prepared to put in the time and effort to the person when they're first employed because it will reap the rewards, rewards in the long run. And if, you, if you're if you a bigger business having a, a documented induction process to make sure you don't miss anything, that they know where their lunchroom is, they know where the toilets are and then knowing what they're actually expected to do when at nine o'clock when they come into work or whatever time they come in. So yeah, having having a good induction process and making sure they're trained properly is vital to the long-term and the longevity of a person's employment. Yeah, I'm glad. Thank you for sharing that because, you know, we've talked about how we can free up our time, lessen our stress by getting team on board. But often you hear feedback from business owners who've done that and said, wow, that was even more stressful because I had to make mistakes. But again, you know, as the leaders of our business, as the CEOs, the buck stops with us. You know, how could we have contributed? Can we have gone to someone such as yourself to help us identify? These things have to be in place because if someone is, unfortunately, the wrong fit, you have to be able to have those steps and, and legally. The, the mechanisms to yeah. Yeah, get them out of your business. You can have a whole lot of set of other headaches that uh, you don't want to have dealt with. But again, it's, it's all uh, responsible and moving forward, being um, informed, as you said, educate. Education is That's so it. important. It's, it's knowing the processes and the the rules, I guess, around employing someone because that there are pretty strict rules around employing people and just having a very basic understanding of those can be very, very beneficial. And if you don't have the knowledge, which a lot of people do, is don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, oh, your exactly. account and get someone that's on the team, even if contracted, who's an expert in that area, and then let them do that so that we can focus exactly. on where uh, our so ways to ask for the help. Yeah, absolutely. Natasha, I have loved today's conversation. Oh, I know I have um, valued and I'm sure there has been uh, many others. I see lots of likes and, and hearts, uh, so oh, thumbs yeah. up there too. So, Natasha, for people who have been listening, watching today, um, would like to find out more information, how can they do that? What is the best way for them to connect with you? Yes, yeah, so they can either go to our website, which is uh, www.elgas.com.au or uh, send me an email, which is natasha at elgas.com.au or have a look at uh, look me up on LinkedIn. I have, um, yeah, LinkedIn, I've got lots of little videos up there. So we do a lot in the educational space of trying to educate our clients. So 
look me up on LinkedIn and you'll be able to see some more of our videos that we've been working on. Yeah, fantastic. And of course, we said that you're based in Western Australia, but do you yes. also work with clients all over Australia we, too? We do. Technology has been fabulous. So we're able to, uh, a lot of our clients are actually even remote parts of WA and we use technology to be able to have remote meetings with them. And yeah, there's, there's no boundaries with the technology we have available. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course, this is Business Women Australia podcast. If you want to find out how you can become part of this incredible group of women, we have, um, or Business Women Australia has uh, sites all over the place, communities that are meeting in every state where you can network, where you can build relationships, and you can even get to be on their podcast if you become one of their Diamond members too. So if you want to find out more about Business Women Australia, just go to www.businesswomen.com www.businesswomenaustralia.com.au. Thanks again for coming on the show, Natasha. It's been oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> it's been lovely. Thank you.